that is when Believe in You Jewelry was born. That's when this whole passion and love for myself began to bloom in understanding that the most the biggest power we can have in our lives is to truly believe in ourselves. And my dad gifted me that without, with the twisted ways that we experienced in life, he gifted me that to truly understand that this would make me who I am. And the creative side of me that you're asking about, I feel like I went on a, another tangent there, but I, yeah, I've always been creative in different ways. And as I got older, I realized I don't fit in the box the box, you know what box I'm talking about. I don't, I don't fit in the box. I've always felt like an outsider. I never feel like I fit in. And uh, being creative is making me splurt out my sparkles and happiness on the world. <laughs> Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share new and different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Our guests come from many different and diverse backgrounds. And the one thing they all have in common is a passion for gratitude. I'm Julie Boye, a gratitude and gut health expert, and I love showing you different ways to practice gratitude that you might not have thought of before. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast where I'm sharing an interview I did with Jillian Hashi. She is a self love advocate and has an upcoming book that you'll hear all about during our conversation. She is a fantastic woman. I am in awe of all the things that she is doing, all while dealing with grief. And that is where her book comes from. Her upcoming book is A Space of Gratitude. And it talks about how she used gratitude as one of her strategies to deal with her grief. She has dealt with a lot of loss in her life. And it's just amazing to me what she has done with her grief and how she has been able to serve others through some of the hardest times in her own life. We talk about how her father's quote-unquote loving words affected her self-esteem and her self-confidence and how a memorial necklace ended up turning into a business for her. One of the quotes that Jill shares during our interview really had a big impact on me and she said, The biggest power we can have in our lives is to truly believe in ourselves. Jillian has a wonderful way of talking about loss and gratitude and just a full reverence for life. Jillian shares many life lessons and wisdom that she's gained through her losses with us in this interview. I truly hope you'll enjoy it. Before we start, I have some really exciting news to share with you. If you've been around the podcast for the last few months, you may remember that I talked about the six-week gut reset program that was running for April and May. If you missed your chance to join us for the six-week gut reset, I'm so excited to share that we are doing a shorter pre-summer gut reset program from May 25th to June 28th. The gut reset program is paying attention to what you are putting into your body every day and how you treat yourself. It's understanding how different foods make you feel and how they affect your personal digestion. The program includes four weeks of support from our professional program leaders, a community of like-minded women, three individual coaching sessions, live weekly online yoga classes with my co-founder, Kathy Skelcher, a certified yoga instructor and women's health coach, and weekly live gratitude meditations by me as well. Now, if you're looking to find out more about this program and see if it's the right fit for you, there is a link in the podcast description, or you can visit 
wakeupwithgratitude.com and check out wellness programs. We'd love to have you join us for this last gut reset that we'll be doing until the fall. And now let's welcome Jill Ann to the podcast, a self-love advocate with so many wonderful messages for all of us. Stay tuned for the release date of her upcoming book, A Space of Gratitude. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and today I'm welcoming Jillian Hashi to the podcast. Hello, my friend. Hello. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here all the way from Ontario. Um, love these connections that we make through social media, through the podcast. You know, Jillian reached out to me. She's like, I have a story to share, and I really would love to connect with your gratitude community. And I, you know, once I learned more about Jillian, I thought this is a great fit. She is a self-love advocate. She's an upcoming author. Her book is called A Space of Gratitude. And it talks about her journey and the lessons she learned in her journey of grief, which we will, you know, talk about that maybe in a little bit more detail later. She's also a jewelry designer and she has a maker store as well. And believe it or not, she is also a mom to two children and has a full-time job as a behavior support worker. So I can't even read all the things that you're doing at the same time and believe that one person is doing all of this. So Jillianne, first I want to ask you, how are you feeling, my friend? <laughs> well, when I hear you put that all out there, like, oh, that's a lot going on. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I'm glad you're here. And, you know, I like to start the podcast hearing a little bit about your story, kind of maybe how you grew up, you know, was, you know, you're a self-love advocate. You're all about gratitude. Is that the kind of environment that you found yourself growing up in? So I grew up in a small town uh, in Northern Ontario, and there wasn't a lot going on except for nature and being in the bush. (laughs) So um, I spent a lot of time in in nature and with my friends and not a lot of time at home, although home would probably be the foundation of what made me who I am today, um, as I did have an older father. Uh, my father and mom were about 25 years, uh, or sorry, they had 24, 25 years between them. And my dad was always this man that wanted to talk about wisdom and life and the journey of life. And back then I was like, dad, come on. I don't want to hear this. I just want to go play with my friends. But now that I'm older um, and writing this book, I've I've reflected on all these conversations we had or his his teachings rather than conversations. Um, and I've really come to appreciate what was shared to me at a young age, because back then I didn't know what gratitude was today. I definitely do. So were you the only child at home? Did you grow up with siblings? I have uh, a younger brother who grew up in the home with me. I also have two other siblings um, from my dad's previous marriage. Uh, They weren't at home with us, but they were around. Uh, My one brother, he actually has FASD. Um, so he's always lived in a home and he, he I've, he, I'm his favorite little sister. So he's, he's been around <laughs> just for those who might not know what FASD stands for. Can you just, yeah, it's a uh, fetal alcohol syndrome disorder. Yeah. Um, and that was from your dad's previous marriage, you said, so yes. that, okay. So uh, you're, you had an older father mm-hmm. and 
you that I love that you found, you know, that those lessons of wisdom sort of looking back, you know, came into your life. And how um did you like have a chance to go to college or university once you finished school? Yes. Like I just asked, cause you're, you're saying you're very from a small town, you know, grew up outdoorsy, all these things. I'm just curious kind of where you went after school. I literally found myself in a place of not knowing where to go. Uh, I was trying to follow what parents want you to do. My dad wanted me to be a nurse and, oh. you know, nurses make money and, and that's where you need to go. And so I said, okay, dad, even though I hate math and science, I'm going to try. And I went off to school. Um, my first year dropped out first semester. I was like, this is not for me, but there was also something pulling me back, um, to be at home. And I think it was that I just wasn't ready to go or it wasn't my calling. I was, I was being sent on the wrong journey. I, I think when I really look back now, and then I chose myself to dive into child and youth work. Um, cause I've always had a passion for, or not a passion. What would be the word? Um, admiration for people who have struggled in life. Uh, I used to babysit for a lady who took in foster children and I've had some really close friends go through um, drug addiction. And I've just, I don't, I don't know. I've always tried to lift them up and be there for them. And it's just, it seemed like my calling to be that person that inspires others to believe in themselves. And that's how that self-love advocacy uh, came about. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And those experiences that you had that led you, you know, to doing the work with child and youth, it often we do find that, you know, people come to that work through those personal experiences, through those personal connections that they made and wanting to give back and wanting to be of service. So, um, that, and that was a career that you chose. Now you have children, a family partner. I do. I have a, a two children, a husband, a dog. We're actually about to get a new dog, a little puppy. Um, and yeah, I, that, that, this is my life. I guess I should dive in a little more about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of little like layers here and I'm just curious about, um, I'm just curious a little bit about, you know, before we kind of get into the story around your book, I'm curious about how you became this multi-passionate entrepreneur because you went to school and you're still doing work, you know, as a behavior support worker. So you're still working in this career that you still enjoy, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. But then you have all these incredible creative outlets that you have. So does the creativity something that you've had throughout your life as well? Yeah, so this is this is diving deep. If I really want to feel like I'm in a counseling session a little bit here, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I've always um, was hard on myself growing up. Always, I don't know where it came from, or I do, but I don't. My dad was hard on me, but not, but in a loving way. Um, but I don't think he realized the impact it had on my life. You know, picking on my weight, picking on my choices, uh, picking on the friendships I created, picking on the boyfriends I chose. He always had. He always wanted more and better for me, and so I think that made me very uh, self-conscious, full of self-doubt, not believing in myself. Um, but my journey changed when my father passed away and you wanted to get into that a little later. So uh, that is when Believe in You Jewelry was born. That's when this whole passion and love for myself began to bloom in understanding that the most, the biggest power we can have in our lives is to truly believe in ourselves. And my dad 
gifted me that without, with the twisted ways that we experienced in life, he gifted me that to truly understand that this would make me who I am. And the creative side of me that you're asking about, I feel like I went on a, another tangent there, but I, yeah, I've always been creative in different ways. And as I got older, I realized I don't fit in the box, the box, you know, what box I'm talking about. I don't, I don't fit in the box. I've always felt like an outsider. I never feel like I fit in. And, uh, being creative is making me splurt out my sparkles and happiness on the world. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Jillian, first of all, on this podcast, you don't have to worry about going on a tangent because it all makes sense. And I love that you like said, it's kind of like a counseling session because you did say a bunch of stuff really quickly. That is kind of a big deal. And, (laughs) and I want to just pause and and come back just for one second, because, you know, growing up, like you said, with an older father, um, who, how old were you when he passed? I was 23 and he was, I believe 72 or 73. Okay. Okay. So that's a big age difference between you and your father. And the things that you said about, you know, him being hard on you and making those comments about your weight and your friends and your boyfriends, and you said it all like a list really fast And it's so, it is a lot. And I love, I really love that you are able to find gifts in what was likely at the time, very difficult to hear and to see you now, like on the other side, like finding that self-love after having grown up, being told that you weren't good enough, your friends weren't good enough, your boyfriends Mm -hmm. weren't good enough. And to see you. Um, and then to channel that into a creative outlet is just, it's amazing. So that idea of believing you gifts, like that just came out of, you wanted to like, what I'm just trying to figure out, like you took the, how you felt and you shared it in jewelry in a way to be for other people to sort of hang on to it. So I still remember the exact moment that this was all born. Um, my dad had passed and I was just trying to grab onto anything that would make me feel something. And um, a close friend of mine at the time had introduced spirituality to me, crystals to me. And so I was like, I'm going to go buy a necklace. I want a necklace. Uh, So I went into this store and they had this beautiful crystal quartz necklace hanging from this thing. And I and had a butterfly on it. And butterflies mean so much to me. And I looked at it And then I looked at the price and you got to remember I'm 23. Then I'm like, I can't afford that. (laughs) I'm like, how am I going to wear this crystal that I really want on me? So I went and bought myself a stone for $2, uh, bought some wire, wrapped it and wore it. And I put a little butterfly, a a Swarovski or however you pronounce that, a crystal on it. And there was comments after comments of this little piece of jewelry I made for myself and I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I started making it for people here and there. And then it just, I'm like, people want this feeling that I've created for myself through my jewelry that I made for myself. So with the love and support of my husband, I created Believe in You Jewelry. And I was so nervous about it, but I have grown um, a community of, I think over 4,000 people between Facebook and Instagram who follow me in my stories, who follow me for my jewelry and what it, what I mean, like the energy I put into it. And I don't know, that's just what came. And now it's beautiful. (laughs) 
Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And, you know, we spoke briefly about grief. And like you said, you were looking to feel something after the loss of your dad. Um, But you went through several other losses, you know, big ones. So Mm -hmm. maybe we can kind of share a little bit about how those experiences sort of, you know, affected you. And I mean, you are still very young as we're having this conversation right now to, Mm -hmm. to go through some big losses. So if you may want to share about that. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude, love, letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude, love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness and of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. Yeah. So my father was my first loss um, at 23 years old, but at the same time, which I shouldn't say too much because it's all in the book, uh, I just became a new mom at 23 years old. Okay. So with the with the loss of my dad came the well, he he was he was there for six months of my daughter's life, but the birth and then there came a loss for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really I, I struggled, but like I said, I was introduced to spirituality during that time, and then maybe I'm trying, I'm not good with math. I'm trying to think of the years. Um, probably eight years later, uh, my really good friend passed away, um, due to cancer. Um, and he, he didn't even make it to 30. And that was a real, real struggle for me to grasp because I had just found myself. I had just found myself, in pushing forward, I started this jewelry business. I found this passion to believe in myself. I became the self-love advocate and my friend was dying. And it was a struggle to balance this understanding of life and death and, and how the, how he didn't have the time I had. And I really struggled with that. And then shortly after he had passed, my papa had passed but my papa's passing, which I share in my book, was very different than the rest of the experiences I've had to this date. And that's where kind of the space of gratitude was born with this book. 
Okay. Well, listen, you know, I really encourage people to get your book. Now at the time of the recording, the, the launch date is still not confirmed a hundred percent. So you may be listening to this and the book may not be out, or you may be listening to this after the book has been released. So, um, a space of gratitude is your book that you have written. And I do, I would love to hear a little bit of a teaser about, you know, where this gratitude came you know, after the loss of your papa, one thing that I do talk about, and I think you heard this on the podcast, which is why you reached out is that I believe that grief and gratitude live in the same house. Like both can live at the same time. And I think without any gratitude, when we're in grief, um, it's really hard to get out. I think, you know, gratitude is almost the lifeline for us to be able to get out of grief at some point. So I'd love to hear more about your experience with that. So uh, exactly what you said, grief and gratitude, they are intertwined. Um, they can live together and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I know it's a sad thing, but to me, I just, it's a beautiful thing. And so a little teaser of the book, um, my papa has also been a huge mentor in my life. He was about maybe five years older than my dad. So I've had the old man here, the old men wisdom my yeah. whole life. Um, um, is this your mom's father then? Yes. My mom's father. Yeah. So my papa lived life with so much gratitude. Uh, He uh, retired from work young. My grandma was this amazing financial saving queen and they just lived a life at their cottage. My papa, it was that man that was very mindful without knowing what the word mind, I would always tell him that or papa, you're, you're mindful. What's mindful. (laughs) So, but mindfulness, uh, I've learned so much about mindfulness through him and gratitude. And when he was passing away, um, he said some really important words that stuck with me and they will always stick with me that we are blessed and it took a long time after his passing, as I was writing my book to say, what did that mean? And really what it means is life is precious and, and blessed. And there's so much gratitude in our lives that we take for granted when we are stuck in places that don't serve us. Yeah. Now, are you, have you been able to integrate different gratitude practices into your life? You know, having this like gained wisdom through loss and through, you know, your papa and your, your dad and your friend, how does gratitude show up kind of in your everyday life? So I like to test everything, right? I I hear, Oh, this is going to work for me. Try yoga, try, try meditation, try all these things. So I had read once that living a life of gratitude and being grateful every day will help you. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm going to give this a shot. So I actually ordered a gratitude journal and I started um, using it. I think it was a morning and night gratitude journal And I did it in the morning and I did it at night. And as the days went on, I was like, wow, what a transformation that was for me. I'm, I'm also someone who struggles with anxiety, which is shared in my book as well. So to take a brain that goes all over the place, I I might have a little bit of ADHD too in there somewhere, Um, but my brain is all over the place, but to be able to center in every day and find something in your day to be grateful for was very, very transforming for me and still is to this day. I, 
when I'm having that hard day, I, I focus on gratitude. Okay. Today was hard, but oh my goodness, my little girl gave me the biggest hug when I woke up or, you know, today was an amazing day. And, you know, I'm grateful that I had this energy to do it. All those little practices just change you. They really actually change you. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's interesting we're so far away. We grew up in different environments, but in a way there's a lot of ways that you and I are connected. And there's a lot of ways that you and I have similarities. And, you know, one of the things, you know, as I was reading off all the different things that you're doing and all of that, I was like, I feel that, you know, sometimes when I like introduced by other people, I'm like, I'm doing, yeah, there's a lot of things going on right there. And even what you said about even the gratitude practice, you know, one of my most grounding gratitude practice is writing in my gratitude journal. And that practice has evolved over time. And I I look at different ways to make it less listicle, but in a way for me, the list of the gratitude, that part of my practice, like just feels really good. I'm looking for those moments of gratitude in my day. Do you find that I might've missed this and forgive me um, if I did, is this a practice you started like after, like shortly after you lost your papa or was it a bit later? Like, was it one of the strategies you used through your grieving process? It was shortly after I lost my papa, trying to understand his belief on life, I guess Mm -hmm. to say, I want to save it for the book, but it was just a really interesting experience of my goodbye to my papa. So I didn't get to really say goodbye to my dad or my, my really good friend, Chris, I got to say goodbye to my papa. And it was a very different experience for me. And he shared words that really meant something to me. And like I said earlier, I literally like, I evaluate everything. I always, anything that is said to me, I take, I take time to reflect on it and try to find my meaning for it. And I think that's what we do in grief too, is try to find that purpose and that meaning. So what was the purpose of, of my puppet's passing? And I really feel like he gifted me with something. And that's what I also share in my book is that, um, there's, there's gifts through grief. And I share that through 12 truths that I've learned through grief. And you'll learn all about the 12, 12 truths through the book. Um, and I even, this is a little spoiler alert, but maybe I'll be interested in reading. I was so lucky, grateful. That's the word I'm going to use. I was so grateful that the mother of one of my really good friends allowed me to share my friend's last letter in my book. And it is filled with gratitude. And I think that's super important. And I, that's the part of my book that I don't know why it means the most to me. If I looked at the whole book, I'm sharing someone else's words in my book, which is a huge honor. And also a piece of my friend that he gave to me a year after he passed without knowing it. Um, His mom had found this letter and literally shared it with us a year after he passed when we were all still having a really hard time grieving his death. And that letter, I also changed my life and yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, Jillian, the process of grief, it's ongoing. It doesn't mm-hmm. ever go away, right? We don't, grief just doesn't expire. Mm-hmm. Grief stays with us. And, you know, I love that you're, you know, sharing little bits of your book because, you know, for some, the book may end up being a comfort to them and they mm-hmm. may need to read it not just once, but two, three, four times as they go through their own journey through grief, because it is a journey. So, um, 
that I think your message is so important and I'm so glad we have the chance to, you know, connect in this way and share it with so many people. And I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see where this is going. And I think one other thing that you and I are both kind of have in common right at this time um, is that we're both, you mentioned this term before we started recording. And I think this is really interesting. And I think this is important when we're having conversations around grief is uh, you mentioned something called creative fatigue and you are a creator, right? You are an author, you're a jewelry maker, you run a maker store, right? And you're an entrepreneur in that way. You write, you, all these ways that you contribute and share your gifts. And I think in a pandemic, a lot of, because so much of our world has become online, I think the burden on creative and everybody's creative. So everyone, anyone can experience this, but uh, the burden on those that share a lot more of their creativity through the online portal is this creative fatigue. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, you changed your Instagram name and I, I actually just changed like in the last couple of weeks, I just changed the intro to my podcast and all my like my headers for everything and like changed what I call myself. So I feel that for you. So you know, for someone who's listening in and like us is got their hand in so many different things, their creativity might not feel like it's where it should be or where they want it to be or where it was before. Tell me some of the things you're doing right now as you work through this. Wow. That is, we're going to dive deep in again. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll just start with during the pandemic, uh, I chose to be positive, right? So, and I wanted, again, the person in me, I'm a helper. I am an empathic person. And I just feared um, what the pandemic would do to those I loved, to my followers. And so when the pandemic was going on, I created, I was making all these videos and inspiring people. I was hoping I lost some followers actually over being too positive. (laughs) And they said that to me. So I was like, okay, I'm that's okay. I can accept that. Um, but I, I did all these things. I opened a store in the pandemic. Uh, I just went, I went, go, 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 go. And then finally it was like, Oh, I sat back on my couch thinking I cannot keep this pace up very much longer. And I realized, um, it's because I was struggling with loss in my life still and looking somewhere else instead of within myself, which I always have to remind myself to come back to that. And I learned that I was just fatigued and I was looking outward rather than in. And now what I've been doing with this creative fatigue, because I love to create, but now I'm just like, I'm going to create what I want. Sometimes I get custom orders and I'm like, Oh, I just, I'm not feeling it. I just, I want it. I want it to go back to what it used to be and be the thing I enjoyed and love to do for me. So my husband actually really has noticed lately that I've just been more engaged with my family, more engaged with life. My absolute favorite thing in the whole entire world to do is to kayak on my most favorite lake in the world. And I've been, you know, we were at camp last summer and every morning I was up and I was on that lake and I'm like, and he's like, how do you go on the same lake every single day? And not get bored of it. I'm like, yeah. it's just, I think it's part of a gratitude practice. I get on that lake oh. and I'm like, 
I get to be here. I get to see that tree. I get to see this water. I get to see that sunrise. Like it's just, oh, it's so beautiful. So I think after a pandemic, you we do say for us, I say, yes, it's creative fatigue, but I think other people are feeling a fatigue as well. And it might not be a creative fatigue, but it's a fatigue from living through a pandemic. We kind of still are living through a pandemic and we just need to take a break from that fast pace and slow down and, and be, be just here in your day and be grateful for that. (laughs) Jill, Ann, you, you shared so much wisdom in our podcast and I appreciate that so much. And really what you said about like, even like a habit, like you have the kayak on the lake every day. That is such a beautiful self-care practice, self-love doing something for you, that quiet, that stillness. And, you know, you don't have to go on a kayak on a lake to do it, but if you can, or go on a stand up paddle board or whatever it may be, find that moment of stillness and quiet for you. So beautiful. You have shared so much with us. Uh, I'm so excited for your book to come out. Now, where is the best place for people to connect with you right now? If um, maybe if your book hasn't come out or they just want to know where to find you. I absolutely love having people join. I call it my community. I hate saying followers. I want to say join my community. And I really would love that on Instagram. I'm hello. It's Jalan on Instagram. And yeah, that's where you can find my little, I I post jewelry pictures. I post words of wisdom that Mm -hmm. I've gained in my life. And yeah, it's just a place to to join me. Please join me. (laughs) That would be amazing. So we'll make sure all the relevant links are in the show notes. And then when the book is released, depending on when you're listening to this, but I'll make sure that there's a link directly to the book for those that are interested in purchasing purchasing once it has been released. So Jillian, a huge thank you to you for sharing your heart with us, for getting vulnerable. I know I didn't promise any vulnerability, but it showed up anyway. So I appreciate you. And thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I very much enjoyed this. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. I appreciate you. If you're not already following us on your favorite app, make sure you click on the check or follow podcast so you'll be alerted every time there's a new podcast episode. If you enjoyed the episode and want to help us grow, here's some easy things that you can do. You can leave a review on your favorite app. You can share this podcast with a friend and send it directly. And you can also share through social media. Feel free to tag me on any posts in your stories and I'll repost. Thank you to Paul Tedeschini for doing the post-production audio for the podcast. And one last thing, I hope you're choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.